and welcome. You are listening to WSLR 96.5 LPFM Sarasota and WBPV 100.1 LPFM Bradenton. And we also welcome all of our other listeners out there. So, today we have a really great show. Welcome to the interview, and that's the I-N-N-E-R view, a show where we explore transformation and well-being from the inside out. I'm Darlene Coleman. And I'm Lisa Stewart. And we are your co-hosts for the interview. Our intention for this program is to help inform inspire and awaken your body mind and spirit and we'll be featuring interviews with outstanding local practitioners and experts in the fields of health wellness and spiritual growth in addition we will be interviewing nationally and internationally known speakers who are also working to raise our consciousness and awaken our hearts So on today's program, we're going to be focusing on what many U.S. health experts are describing as an epidemic, at least in the United States, an epidemic among people over the age of 50, and it's called chronic inflammation, and it can cause a wide range of health problems. Our studio guest today is Dr. Jessica Lippum. Welcome, Dr. Lippum. Thank you, ladies. She is a licensed doctor of oriental medicine, and she has her doctorate in natural medicine. She was also nominated for the 2012 Sarasota Natural Choice Award for Holistic Practitioner of the Year. So let's get right to our first question, Dr. Lippum. How would you define inflammation? That's tough, but it's also very simple. So I like to talk about, I explain it this way to my patients. We've got two main rivers in our body. We've got the river of blood and the river of lymph. And hydration is a major piece in keeping us from being inflamed. So the idea with hydration is you want to keep those rivers full. Think about what happens to the river banks when those rivers are low. You've got trash, so to speak, sticking on the sides. And I use that analogy to explain how the trash that we're not eliminating on a daily basis becomes inflammation in the body. So are you saying that um, possibly our rivers are polluted? Is there a connection between toxicity and inflammation? Definitely. Yes, definitely. So our, you know, we, we live in a more toxic world now, of course, so we have to pay more attention to making sure that our elimination functions are up to par. And that would include bowel movements as well as urination. It also includes sweating. Um, there's a variety of ways that the body, quote-unquote, gets rid of uh, inflammation or toxicity. Uh, the liver is probably the number one organ people think about as far as keeping um, toxicity lower in the body. But there's lots of different ways to address all of the different organ systems and functions. Hmm. Now, you mentioned the liver, and I know that that is a key to good health. Um, the challenge, though, is we don't always feel our liver, right? I mean, we don't always know that we're having inflammation. So can you help give us some of the indications, signs, or symptoms that you look for and that we should look for that indicate we're having inflammation? Yeah, I mean, back to um, the first comment about how well you're eliminating. Uh, If you're not paying attention to what you're eliminating, you should because it gives you lots of information about how well the body's functioning. Um, 
So the answer really, it, it, it's different for every person because we're biodynamic individuals. And so for some people, it might be joint aches, pains. For others, it could actually be like a skin rash or something that would eventually lead to a shingles outbreak. Or um, for others, say they've come into the world and their lung or respiratory system just happens to be a little weakened, then that might be the place where the inflammation decides to live. Or, or make a house. Um, I talk about uh, joint bodies. Um, the toxicity not being properly cleansed from those rivers, the body has to find a place to put it. And really, in our body, we don't have a lot of extra space. However, the joints, like just the joints in your fingers, when you move them, you can move them because there's space there. But oftentimes, the body will actually put excess toxicity in the joints, and people think they have arthritis, but in fact, it's just joint toxicity, like an accumulation of toxic material. It's funny that you were mentioning elimination. Uh, Cameron Diaz, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, she was doing a whole lot of uh, information and informing on bowel movements. Yeah. I mean, not to sound too gross, but for that very reason that we should all be looking at it to give us an indication of what we're putting in our bodies on a daily basis and how it's affecting us. So along those lines, what are some of the major causes of inflammation? Meaning, are there foods, chemicals, preservatives? We live in kind of a toxic world. Exactly. You know? So what, what are some of those main causes? All of those things. And again, they can be different for each individual. But the biggest thing I think right now is just to know that we are living in a toxic world and that the, the functions that the body has innately may actually be over overwhelmed and so you have to actively seek out measures to support the detox functions in the body so I talk about this concept of an accumulation and quote unquote we're supposedly born into the world an empty cup but we're now finding even in fetal cord blood these new babies are coming out with four to five hundred different um, chemicals chemicals that aren't even identified yet from oh, where boy that's scary. from from mom from mom and from wow. the environment and the food and the air and everything um, that we're exposed to. And we really don't have, um, it's, it's hard for us to control what we're breathing in. However, our food sources and what we're putting in our body and food as our best medicine is something that we can control. Okay, Dr. Livum, can you talk about some of the foods that are the greatest causes of the inflammation, uh, what we should be avoiding, perhaps? Yeah, so there's inflammatory foods and there's non-inflammatory foods. And again, it's going to be very specific for each individual. Um, there's actually a food sensitivity panel that exists that basically tells you not what you're allergic to, but what you're having a low-grade inflammatory reaction to, and it's called the IgG food sensitivity panel. Um, that is something that I've been running in my clinic now for, for about five years, and it is, some, it, it is something that I have seen clinically. I cannot look at your diet diary and tell you that broccoli is good for you because I've seen broccoli even come up on the panel as an, inflam as an inflamer for that particular person. So again, it goes back to that bio-individuality um, that we all are. And, and now that we have the technology to discover what might be inflaming us, um, I highly recommend it for most people because otherwise it's really hard for me to look at your seven-day diet 
diet and just with my crystal ball say what's working for you and what's not. And the other thing I just want to quick mention about the IgG food sensitivity panel is that it's giving you information about how your body's reacting 12 to 72 hours after you eat food. So it's something that we very easily can lose track of. Not, you know, not many of us know what we ate three days ago. Wow, three days. Who would know that it would affect the body that much? Well, along those lines, if we're building up all of this toxicity in our body and we're polluting our river, so to speak, um, can you talk a little about the importance of detoxing the body, as such as uh, are, what are some ways that you recommend that we would de detox our bodies? How often? And do you even recommend it? There's a lot of talk about colonics and things like that. Are they safe? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, water, primary. I advise people drink half their body weight in ounces for that reason of keeping your rivers full so that the trash can be carried out on a regular basis. And if your blood river and your lymphatic river stay bogged down with trash, the body is never really even going to hydrate each cell. And so you begin having chronic low-grade dehydration. Hmm. The body's so smart. It's going to clean those rivers before it allows the cells to absorb the water. So yeah, I do recommend um, cleansing. Um, I recommend it in a biannual fashion. Uh, I do not recommend detox in a box. Many times they do not give you enough information about other ways to prepare your body. Um, and oftentimes the detox in a box versions are very harsh on the system. And so um, I lead a group program twice a year and it is actually a three-week program but it is very it's designed to be extremely gentle and nobody has harsh detox reactions from this program um, okay yeah. I was gonna ask you about yeah. detox because I speak from personal experience not too long ago I wanted to detox from massive amounts of sugar because I am an admitted sugar addict I was and I've had to dramatically decrease that and I went off of sugar sugar and I went off of coffee for a few weeks and I'll tell you I was crawled up in a ball I felt like I need to find rehab yeah somewhere for the first few days I had a headache I was stomach ache nauseous I felt so ill um, and so it was it was scary so you know how do you recommend people do this in a, in a safe way you know where because I think they should be aware that there will be some side effects to the detox yeah so there can be and it sounds like you did a little cold turkey on yourself and so you felt that and so what I do in my program it's a three-week program the very first week we just simply take out the known inflamer foods which would be meat wheat sugar coffee alcohol and dairy so you don't need to do anything else detox wise if you just simply remove those and drink your water your body knows how to begin to reset itself and that is a very very gentle way to prepare you to go into what we do the, the second phase which is juice fasting and then the most important part of the entire program of course is learning how to reintegrate the solid foods into your world and again people don't have detox uh, symptomology it's it, the program rolls out so slow and gentle and that's what I continue to reiterate it has to be gentle so we have um we hear all the, of this about inflammation. Is inflammation different? Does it show up differently and affect women and men differently? And can you speak a little bit about the role hormones play? So, like, I've noticed as I get older, 
I notice more inflammation in my body, and I, I can tie it to hormone imbalance as well. Can you speak a little bit about how it affects women going through that, through that type of... Yeah, I mean, I do think that men and women will express differently their levels of inflammation. It is um, hard for me to specifically answer your question from the female perspective because there's so many variables. How well do you sleep? What's your stress like? Do you move your bowels every day? And are they well-formed, easy to pass? Or is it a sticky mess? Um, how, how hydrated are you? What are the familial factors? Um, so that's a, it's a harder question to answer specifically, but what I will say kind of in a general is that when the body's bogged down, the functions, the, the endocrine functions, the hormone functions, they don't function as well because there's too much information in the bloodstream, too, um, too toxic. And I think that the easiest way to understand why do, why do we see it when we're 40, 50, 60 rather than 20, 30 is just that there's this accumulation effect and it varies, but how long is it going to take for your cup to fill up? And then all of a sudden it's full, and something that wouldn't have affected you at age 20, you put in, drink, eat, whatever, and all of a sudden your cup is now spilling over. I love to explain inflammation in that way, that your cup is now spilling over, and we just need to empty the cup. Hmm. Well, on that note, uh, we are going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. We're talking with Dr. Lippum on WSLR Radio. FM, LP, FM. So mark your calendars on January 4th and 5th. Dr. Yuzi Barham of New College Archaeology Professor, Sarasota County Archaeologist, and other related parties will be probing and possibly excavating the Prati Midden located on the grounds of Philippia State Park. And when we say Midden, we mean the Native American Indian mounds. The public is invited to observe. This sounds super interesting to me. This activity will be Monday and Tuesday, January 4th and 5th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Philippia State Park. 5500 South Tamiami Trail. That's 5500 South Tamiami Trail, Sarasota. For more information, call 941-316-1309. And we're back with the interview, and we're talking with Dr. Lippum. Our topic is inflammation and toxicity in the body. Uh, Dr. Lippum, when uh, you were talking recently about water, the importance of water in the body, now one of the challenges I have found is where do you find healthy water? How do you know that this is good water? Yes, especially since we've seen uh, some bigger names come out admitting that they're uh, pouring tap water, tap water into the bottles. $3 a bottle, tap water. Uh, it's, a, it's a complicated uh, topic, and I am not a, an expert on the issue. Um, my husband is actually a chemist, and uh, we did a lot of work, or he did more of the research uh, before we had children, and we decided to go with distilled, in fact, and you'll find that uh, there's there's commentary about not drinking distilled because it's going to leach your minerals from your bones and um, that is not entirely true. Uh, We simply just kind of 
potentize our water with a, a shake or two of sea salt, and it seems to work wonderfully for us. So are there, are there things that we can take if we are experiencing inflammation? Are there natural things that we could take, say, like a magnesium or calcium or things like that? Like if you're talking about leaching from the bones, is there things that we can put in our body to help with the inflammation, reduce inflammation? There are. Um, instead of mentioning nutrients, I'd rather actually share uh, uh, quite an old remedy um, that directly affects the liver. And then it kind of loops back to your original question, Darlene, about the hormones because hormones must be metabolized through the liver and the liver gets bogged down and there's no waiting room beside the liver to hold on to the extra stuff so what happens is it actually goes back through the bloodstream mm -hmm. if that phase one in the liver is full and so I want to um, just share a simple at-home remedy that everyone can do it's called the castor oil pack treatment uh, you do not drink castor oil do not worry uh, you just <laughs> she saw my face yeah. <laughs> Yikes. You just simply rub it on the liver, which for people that don't know where their liver is, it's on the right side of the abdomen underneath the breast. And I basically have people put their hand underneath the breast and open it up. And that is the liver all the way over to the uh, wrist. Rub a little of the castor oil on there. Put a towel over it because you don't want the castor oil to stain your clothes. And then simply put a hot water bottle or a heating pad on it. I always prefer the hot water bottle. 20 minutes. So just like you said, Lisa, you don't usually feel your liver. But the coolest thing about the castor oil pack is that you might actually become aware of activity in the liver with the castor oil absorbing right in through the open pores, we've been able to see that it upregulates phase one to phase two detox. So basically what that means is we're changing the fat-soluble toxins that are held in the phase one detox of the liver, and we're changing them to water-soluble through the process with the castor oil pack, and then they're able to be safely excreted. So that's one way that everyone can um, certainly empty out the cup or the burden that's on the liver. Okay, I'm going to talk about an additional component of health now. Okay, it's going to be, I'm um, going to add a level here. And my question is, how much of a role do you think our emotional and mental states play in the toxicity levels of our bodies? Huge, huge role. Um, you know, this is a big basis of health and wellness in Chinese medicine, and it's interesting to me, practicing in the United States, how we separate mental health and physical health. They're like two different categories, and it's really, uh, it's not quite right. We're not doing justice to our people. Um, so, yeah, emotions, how you are stuck in particular emotions can keep toxicity in the body, whether it just be sadness, mania, anger, fear, all of those things literally hold hold toxicity or tension or create chi stagnation in the body. Um, also, emotions that you have relating with other people, there is such thing as toxic relationships. And so I, I work that into my programs where I talk about now that you've given your body a chance to be free, give yourself the gift also of looking outside yourself and finding what are the relationships that you're dealing with that are not supporting you becoming your full potential whole health. Mm. 
I, you know, I, I often say to my own clients that uh, the body will say what the mouth can't express. And it really does show up like that. So I can see where emotions would be hugely effective. And it's so important that our entire environment be healthy. You know, when we even talk about the color of our walls, how much light gets in our room, all of these things play a major role in our wholeness. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it just made me think also about Dr. Emoto's work with the water. Yeah. I mean, how much more potent could your water be if you just took a moment to write happy or love or peace or something on your water bottle or just took a moment to hold it and infuse it with that energy like we really do now know and he has proven the effect of negative and positive emotion even on water and our bodies are all water so that translates perfectly And just for our listeners who may not be familiar with what you're talking about, this was an experiment done where they analyzed molecules of water under a microscope, one where they thought uh, hateful thoughts, negative thoughts, the other where they projected loving thoughts, and the difference in the molecules was significant. One went from random ugly type of images to beautiful snowflake type of images. So I would encourage our listeners to check that out if they have any interest in that. Now, you've been in practice for many years, and I'd like you to share um, if you share some of the positive stories, uh, if, if you could. Um, a lot of us, we it's difficult to make changes in our lifestyle, and I know one thing that helps me and gives me a lot of hope and inspiration is hearing success stories. You know, so if you could share some of that that you've seen, you know, in your experience. Yeah. Um so many wonderful experiences walking with patients along their journey and just facilitating or guiding them. Um, I like kind of think of a couple right at the top of my head, just simply identifying what their food inflamers were. Um, this 90-plus gentleman had uh, chronic post-nasal drip for 40-plus years, and we try, I tried everything, acupuncture, all kinds of different things, and I finally convinced him to just, let's just see if it's something you're eating on a regular basis, and banana fired up for him, and as soon as he took banana out, he was post-nasal drip free, and he was so excited. But I personally would have never said that it was the banana, so that's a, that's a fun one. Um, nine-year-old boy, you know, similar story with food sensitivities. He was on uh, very asthmatic he was on uh, puffers and steroid inhalers and, um, you know, nose sprays. And he had that look, you know, very dark circles under his eyes, very puffy face, very lethargic, um, trouble concentrating. We did the food sensitivity panel. We identified the foods. He was a total trooper because he had a lot of things that were fired up. And within one month's time, he was off all medications. So this is interesting to me because so many people you see, my son included, believe that they have allergies, seasonal allergies, although it seems like a lot of what they do doesn't solve it. So are you saying a lot of these could, in fact, be food food sensitivity? Yeah, I would say 18 years and under, whatever it is is going on. You've got to figure out what Mm -hmm. foods they're eating that fires them up. And may I just ask you quickly, you seem so knowledgeable and passionate about what you do. How did you get interested in this line of work? Did you have your own healing crisis, or how did you become interested in this? Uh, my mom was a nurse. Um, I was exposed to a doctor of osteopathic medicine when I was younger, and I really loved his style. He was one of the great old 
style osteopaths that actually do cranial sacral. It's hard to find them now that, yeah. that still practice cranial sacral. And I um, expressed my interest in natural medicine and that I wanted to do what he did. And he told me about natural medicine and I followed that path. And I'm so thankful that I did. Oh, that's so great. Okay, Dr. Lipham, we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to make sure for our listeners, if they would like to learn more information or contact you, how might they do that? Yep, the website is sarasotahealingarts.com. We're in the process of making a new one, but for now, we'll have to go there. Um, and information about my office is on there, and you're welcome to call and or come by at any time. Our office is open for the hours, and we invite people to come on in. Wonderful. And my last question for you today is this trend of integrated medicine, okay, using the best of Eastern medicine, the best of Western medicine, integrating the two. um, Why do you think this is such a trend nowadays? I just think the practitioners continue to discover the power of putting the two together and that Eastern really does blend the emotion and so that becomes holistic treatment rather than putting emotion over off to the side and strictly looking at physical and numbers. So, Well, I have a, I just have a couple more questions. Sure. Sorry, Lisa, but oh, go ahead. I, there's a lot of seniors in the area that we live in and they maintain a very active lifestyle here, which we're really grateful for, like tennis, biking, swimming, etc. Do you have any specific advice for someone who's a little bit older in maintaining that homostasis, if you will, within their body? Yes, you might be able to predict my answer, but it is hydration. hydration. <laughs> yes. Bottom line, the brain, every, everybody in the back of their mind, they want to prevent memory loss. Yeah. And the brain is 80% water or more. And so if those rivers are full, then the water's not getting to the brain either. Well, that makes so much sense. And uh, Darlene? So I just wanted to have you sum it up with, there's been really interesting information. Thank you today. But if you had three takeaways, I know one of them's hydration. <laughs> we got that. We got, but what, what else would you say, takeaways for today, if there's any impact that you really want to make around the to- uh, topic of inflammation, what do we need to look for? What's your three best topics? Hydration, number one, for sure. Number two, make sure you're eliminating. You want to have well-formed, easy-to-pass bowel movement one square of tissue paper. If it doesn't look like that, then you need to address it and make sure you're eliminating completely and fully. But you don't recommend laxatives to make that happen, Absolutely not. Your body can do it all on its own, and it can make a perfect poo. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. A whole other show. show. I know. We could do that later. This sounds like a new show for me. No pun intended. I would say the third is just simply conscious eating, okay? Because there's so many different kinds of food foods out there and you want to eat fresh, you want to eat local, you want to eat organic, and you do not want to be eating in the middle of the grocery store. Mm. Mm, great advice. Another, uh, such an informative show. Thank you so much. We, we, and that's all the time we have. Um, but we do want to take a moment to tell you about next week's guest will also be a very informative guest. Yes. So in keeping with this theme and building off of that, next week we're going to be speaking to a master dietitian by the name of Bonnie London. She's fantastic. You'll love her. And she's going to tell us how to eat healthy during the holidays, which is a challenge for all of us with oh, all boy. the pie and cake. And yes. so she's going to have a really interesting topic about that so please be sure and join us the good news is i do believe there are healthy tasty delicious alternatives out there and i really look forward to hearing about 
about some of those great choices. Um, and that is all the time we have, though, for today. So I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Lippum. And thank I want to, you. you're welcome. And thank you for our listeners for joining us today on the interview. Uh, I should mention, too, the views expressed on today's show are that of the guest and are not necessarily the views of this radio station or its hosts. Uh, and you have been listening to WSLR LPFM 96.5 Sarasota and WBPVLPFM 100.1 Bradenton. And we'd just like you to remember, until next week, may your inner view be well.